Genesis 29, verse 15. Laban said to him, just because you are a relative of mine, should you work for me for nothing? Tell me what your wages should be. Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah was weak-eyed, but Rachel had a lovely figure and was beautiful. Hmm. Jacob was in love, verse 18. He was in love with Rachel and said, I'll work for you seven years in return for your younger daughter, Rachel. Laban said, it's better that I give her to you than some other man. Stay here with me. So Jacob served seven years to get Rachel, but they seem, a little poetic here, women are getting ready to go, ah, but they seem like only a few days to him because of his love for her and all the women. Get ready, men, our, our verse is coming. <laughs> then Jacob said to Laban, give my wife. My time is completed, and I want to make love to her. And all the men said, Oh, really? Re re really? I set it up beautifully. You bunch of wimpy men around here. We're going we're gonna to fix that. I'm going to try that one again. Men, this is your verse. Be a man about it. Just own it. So I want to hear some grunts and some. Then Jacob said to Laban, give me my wife. My time is completed, and I want to make love to her. Man, now we're talking. Come on, that's, that's my kind of church right there. That's my kind of church. So Laban brought together all the people of the place and gave a feast. But when evening came, he took his daughter Leah. Now, now that's not Rachel. He took his daughter Leah, weak-eyed, and brought her to Jacob. And Jacob made love to her. That's funny. When morning came, there was Leah. So Jacob said to Laban, what is this that you've done to me? I served you for Rachel, didn't I? Why have you deceived me? Laban replied, is it not our custom here to give you the younger daughter in marriage before the older one? Finish this daughter's bridal week, then we will give you the younger one also in return for another seven years of work. And Jacob did so. He finished, the week with, with, he finished the week with Leah, and then Laban gave him his daughter, Rachel, to be his wife. So Jacob made love. There's a whole lot of love going on in this story. And Jacob made love to Rachel also, and his, his love for Rachel, hear it, was greater than his love for Leah. And he worked for Laban another seven years. And when the Lord saw that Leah was not loved, he enabled her to conceive but Rachel remained childless. Leah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Reuben, for she said, it is because the Lord has seen my misery. Surely my husband will love me now. She conceived again, and when she gave birth to a son, she said, because the Lord heard that I am not loved, he gave me this one too. So she named him Simeon. Again, she conceived, and when she gave birth to a son, she said, now at last my husband will become attached to me because I have borne him three sons, so he was named Levi. And here's the last verse. So she conceived again, and when she gave birth to a son, she said, this time, this time, I will praise the Lord. 
So she named him Judah, meaning praise. Now look at this. Then she stopped bearing. Then she stopped bearing. Again, this is the very first mention, the word praise, in the Bible. And there's something so valuable that we can learn from this first time praise is mentioned here that I want to take some time and talk about it. And I'm going to talk from this thought today, this time I will praise the Lord. Father, we're so grateful for this moment. I'm asking for your help to articulate and to communicate as a mouthpiece from heaven. God, I pray that answers would be released in this place and in this moment for those in this room, those online. God, I pray your help, your anointing, your joy, your peace in this moment, miracles in this moment. God, give us eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to perceive. We take authority over every demonic force of hell that would want to hinder and limit what you've planned for this moment. God, bring deliverance to our lives in a mighty way, we pray. God, give us laser-like focus in this room and in those places people are watching. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And amen. Come on, are you alive? Let, let me just kind of talk you through this story and, and then eventually get to really what I want to, to get to. But there's some things that I need to make sure that we lay as a foundation before, before we really get the understanding and the power of this word use, this word praise used for the very first time in scriptures. Let's first talk about Jacob. Uh, for those that uh, know their Bibles, you know that Jacob gets into the situation by deceiving his brother and his, his father. Uh, what Jacob does is when his father is very old and blind and near death, Jacob ends up dressing up like his brother Esau and deceives his blind father into giving him the blessing of the firstborn. Then what happens is <laughs> Jacob runs for his life because his brother is going to kill him. And so uh, he ends up running to some of his mother's relatives because it was his mother that was in, in, involved in the deception. So she sends them off to some of her relatives for protection. And uh, he begins to watch over his uncle Laban's sheep, his flocks. Uh, Laban then says to him, that's where we picked up the story, you shouldn't work for me without wages. So Jacob says, uh, I know what I'll do. I'll work for you for seven years for that daughter of yours, that good-looking one, Rachel. The Bible says that Rachel was, was beautiful. I actually brought you the PG version of the Bible Today, if I literally brought you the original language, uh, most of you would quit this church because you couldn't handle it, but apparently God can handle it. But, uh, but Rachel was, was very, very uh, beautiful, and uh, the Bible says that she had a stunning, a very stunning uh, form and figure. I know it's not politically correct to talk about some of the things I'm getting ready to talk about, but it is biblically correct, so, so save your emails. <laughs> Bible says she's stunning and that she has a tremendous, mm, 
figure. She's beautiful in form. Uh, Jacob is so wowed by her that he wants, he wants her as his wife. So much so that he's willing to get a job, which is our first lesson today. True love, true love gets a job. Right, right. Huh? No money, no honey. <laughs> I don't know what's up with women. They just give themselves away way too easy. No, 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 no money, no honey, right? No ring, no commitment, no love. I'm going to say it again. No ring, no commitment, no vows, no, no love. If I'm worth it, make a commitment. Say some vows. Get married to me. And until then, you ought to keep your legs crossed. We do have a children's church right back there. So, <laughs> so, so Jacob, he works seven years for her and then tells Laban, give me my wife because I want to make love to her. Mm, just, just funny to me. It's just, it's just funny because every guy in here is saying, now that is biblical. That is absolutely. <laughs> he says, I've worked seven years, and I had a goal, and I'm not here to play Scrabble. I'm here. I'm here to get my, my wife. Now remember, Jacob is a deceiver. He's a con artist, but with Laban, he has absolutely met his match. And so what Laban does to, to Jacob is they have the wedding, they have the ceremony, they have the feast, and, and that would have lasted all day long. It would have lasted for hours, and it would have been the custom that the bride would have been heavily veiled all day long. You would not have been able to see her face. And then at night... Uh, the groom would take the bride into his tent where there is no light. They didn't have electricity back then. So there has been hours of drinking, and they lie. After that, they would lie together. So apparently that all happens. Jacob goes to, to sleep after all of that, and he wakes up the next morning and rolls over in bed only to find Leah is in his bed. Awkward moment. So needless to say, the honey and the moon is all over. Jacob jumps out of bed, and he finds Laban and says, what have you done to me? You have deceived me. And Laban says, hey, hey, uh, wait, wait a minute. The way we do it around here is that the older daughter is to be married before the younger daughter. In other words, Jacob, we don't give the younger before the older. I want you to hear that because that, that's a big moment in the story. Wow, because when, when, when Jacob heard that, there is no doubt that he is pierced in his heart. He's pierced in his conscience. Suddenly, he's realizing that Laban is doing exactly to him what he did to his father. Whatsoever a man sows, the Bible says you shall reap. That's the reason why you ought to judge yourself quick. You don't have to reap it if you repent of it. Come on, that's a great message all by itself. 
So, so Jacob is pierced in his conscience, suddenly realizes that Laban is doing exactly to him what he did to his father. No doubt Jacob is thinking, I reached out in the dark, thinking that it was somebody it wasn't, just like my dad reached out in the dark, thinking it was somebody it wasn't. So now Jacob knows what it's like to be deceived. He knows what it's like to be exploited. He knows what it's like to be lied to. So, so this is a free lesson. This isn't the, the main message. This isn't my message, but I'm going to just throw it in because some of you look like you really need it today. Here's the first lesson you can learn from this story besides get a job. There will always, and this is huge. This is huge. This, uh, I, I, I almost took this out because I, I don't know if we have time for it, but then I said, you know, we only do one service. Some of you need this right here, this, this lesson right here. There will always be disappointments in your life. That's a truth you need to understand. There will, as long as you live upon this earth, there will always be disappointments in life. I, I can I just hear all the faith people. No, not me, not me. I mean, the Bible says in this life you are going to have some stuff, right? And here's what I want to tell you. You will never be able to successfully... Make it at life until you know that. You will never be successful at life until you understand that life is not smooth sailing all the time. You see, Jacob goes to bed with one person. The one thing that he thinks will make his life better is the person of his dreams. But in the morning, it was Leah. Hello. Now, I like Leah, and I want to protect Leah as much as possible this morning, but Leah represents something here that we need to hear, and it's this. Every new thing in your life, every relationship, every job, I'm talking about the new job, the new project, the new pursuit, you will always, 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 always start out thinking, this is going to make my life right this will fix all my problems. But in the morning, it'll always be Leah. In the morning, I, I, know, you, I, I know you think that person is, is, is going to fix your life. I know that you think that job is going to fix your All that money, is gonna, that new car, that new house. But I'm telling you, morning's coming. And in the morning, it's always, always, always going to be Leah, you go to bed with Rachel, but you always wake up with Leah. You see, the world cannot give you quiet in this church, but it's true. You see, this world cannot give you what you need to fix you. The world cannot give you what you need to fix you. The world always promises that it can fix you, but it always fails in its attempts to fulfill you. There is no here today. There is no person. There's no relationship. There's no career. There's no amount of money. There's no geographical uh, location. There is no kind of drug that can satisfy the emptiness that's in you except God and God alone. <laughs> Nothing in this world can replace your need for 
God. And when you're trying to make that job God, and you're trying to make that money God, and you're trying to make that relationship God, and that car God, and that house God, guess what? Morning's coming, and it will always be Leah. Because it's only God that can fill the longing of your heart. I wish I could get some help in here. Is anybody hear what I'm saying? Because some of you in this place, you spend all your life chasing all the wrong things, thinking it's Rachel, but only to wake up with Leah. Wasting years of your life trying to fill that void with a car and with a house and with more money and with that right job and with that right acceptance and that right approval. So here is Leah. She's married to Jacob. And this is what I, is what we know or I know about Leah. Leah, the Bible says... Well, we all know because we read it. The Bible says she has weak eyes. Some scholars think that that means she's cross-eyed or, or that she had a lazy eye or perhaps she had bulging eyes. But, but, but all would agree that the context is revealing, hear this, a comparison between Rachel and Leah. And it's not comparing their eyesight. It's not comparing uh, Leah's weak eyes and where she can't see to, to Rachel's good eyes that can see far. That's, that's not the comparison. It's obvious. Uh, in context, it's giving us a comparison. And the implication is that Rachel is beautiful and Leah is not. <laughs> um, Rachel has a stunning figure. But Leah hmm, does not. Some of you can't even handle the original Hebrew language. In the Hebrew language, Leah simply means cow. <laughs> Rachel means babe. I know some of you are thinking, says, babe, we shouldn't have named our daughter Leah. That's what we should have said. <laughs> we should have done some research on this one. You know, that, that Leah and that Judas thing, that might have been a wrong thing. Maybe we should have checked on. <laughs> I don't write the news. I just deliver the news. So It's your Bible. It's your Bible. So this isn't comparing the eyes. It's comparing the attractiveness. It's, it's not about sight. It's about their appearance. The point is, the Bible's making the point. I know you don't like it. I know it's uncomfortable. But the point is that Leah was unattractive. And the truth is, she grew up in the shadows of her sister that is completely stunning and very beautiful. So Leah is unwanted. She's the ugly duckling, and Rebecca is the gorgeous swan. So Leah's rejected, she's overlooked, she's ignored, she's unwanted. She's just not good enough. And that's how she lives her life. I would venture to say most of us are Leah's in this room. I, I, I would venture to say that in the context, in the story, we are the Leah's. So what Leah does, and this is what we do too, is Leah tries to fix the problem. She tries to fix the rejection. She tries to fix the hurt. She tries to fix the, the pain by, 
by birthing sons to Jacob in hopes that she would finally be accepted and loved by Jacob. Come on, there's a truth here that's going to help us. I find myself really in this story. And you won't have to work very hard. You'll find yourself in this story. So what she starts to do is she starts naming her children by Hebraic names that express her longing for the attention of her husband, Jacob. The Bible says that her very first son is named Reuben. Reuben means to see. Reuben means to see. So, Lay, so, so, so Leah is saying, May, maybe now I've, I've labored, I worked hard, I went through a process. May, maybe now Jacob will see me. And he doesn't. So she gives birth to another son, and, and the Bible says his name is Simeon, and, and, and Simeon means to, to hear. And Leah is thinking that maybe now I, this is my second pregnancy, this, this is my second labor. I've worked really, really hard. I've done everything I could do, and I've worked really hard. So now, now maybe Jacob will he'll see me. He'll, he'll notice me, but he, but he doesn't. So she has another, another child. His name is Levite. It means to attach. Levi means to attach. So Leah is saying, maybe now Jacob will want me. Maybe now he'll want to be attached to me. You know, I've gone through a lot of labor here. I've, worked, I've really worked hard. I'm, I'm working the hours. I've, I put in 80 hours this week. Surely somebody will give me some attention now. Got the car, got the house, got the money, got the gorgeous girl. Certainly now, somebody will pay attention to me. So here, she is having all these sons thinking that it's going to fix the problem. She says, I'll go through all this labor, and he will end up loving me. He will see me. He will hear me, and he will eventually want me. Leah is thinking I would be happy. I would be fulfilled. I would really be somebody. I would have worth. I would have value. I would be important if I could just get his love, his approval, and his acceptance. Oh, this isn't about Leah. This is about you. This is about me. This, this, this is about our longing to get the acceptance and the... <laughs> approval of others and how we labor, don't we? Isn't this what we do? If I can just get that relationship, if I could just get that promotion, that status, that possession, that career, that job, that house, that car. Leah's living her life trying to impress Jacob. She goes through all the work, all the labor, all that pain, trying to get his validation and his acceptance. Wow. This is our story. This, this, is, this is for so many of us. Maybe not you, but I know it's mine. For so many of us, this is our story. Here, here's the question I want to ask you today before we really find the solution. What, what is your motive for doing what you do? 
Why, why are you, come on, we're, we're just in the counseling center here, session, lean back in your couch and, and, and answer a few questions. Why are you working so hard to try and succeed in life? If you could be honest, is it for the attention? Is it for the acceptance? Is it for the approval of others? Is that why you're laboring and working and giving your life? Are, are you trying to fix your emptiness? Are you trying to fix the pain, the hurt, the rejection by trying to impress people that will never, ever, ever be impressed? By seeking the approval of others that will never approve of you because they really don't care about you? We, we think all the time, well, they, can I help you? People aren't thinking about you. They're thinking about themselves. Are you wearing yourself out? Searching for someone or something that has no ability to fix you? What is it that has your attention that is powerless to fix you? Is it that relationship? Is it that job? Is it that money? Is it that status? Is it the stuff? So here is Leah. She's completely wore out. She is still rejected after all of that labor. After all of that work, she is still overlooked. After all of that, she's still unwanted, and she's completely broken and disappointed. What is the answer? What is the solution to our dilemma? Come back next week. <laughs> if I can get my worship team back up here. How many of you would come back next week to hear the rest? But how, how many of you allow me to finish it just right now? So. How many of you will come back next week regardless? Okay. What is the answer? What is the solution? I, I hope you're not thinking, man, I'm, I'm sure glad so-and-so is hearing this. Th this isn't about the person next to you. My heart has been so touched by this story this week. And God says, go back to the very first place that praise is mentioned in the Bible. Randy, this story is about you. I've come to tell you this story is about you. What is the answer? What is the solution? It's called the fourth child. Genesis 29, 35, let me read it again. She conceived again, and when she gave birth to a son, she said, this time I will pray. This time, th this time, oh, this time it's not going to be another job. It's not going to be another relationship. It's not going to be another house. It's not going to be another car. This time I will praise the Lord. So she named him Judah. Judah means praise. Judah, that's, that's the meaning of this child, Judah. Judah means praise. This time there's, <laughs> this, 
this time there's no mention of her husband. She just simply says, this time I'm going to praise. I'm going to praise the Lord. In other words, this time it's going to be different for me. I'm not going to try to get another job. I'm not going to try to get more stuff. I'm not going to try to make more money to fix who I am. I know how to fix the emptiness. I know how to fix the rejection. This time, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to praise somebody that can fix me, somebody that can heal me, somebody that can deliver me. This time, it's going to be all about my God. This time, God will get all my praise. And can I remind you, the Bible is so clear that you're already loved by Him, you're already accepted by Him, and you're already chosen by Him. This time, it's all about my God. This time, God will get all my praise. She says, this time I'm done trying to get people to see me, to hear me, to get attached to me. And this will change your life if you're hearing this. You'll, you'll change me. You, 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 you'll stop making the decisions you're making. You'll, you'll, quit, you'll quit going down the roads you've been going down. Leah says, I, I've had enough of this rejection. I've had enough of this pain. I've had enough of this work and this labor, and it's not fixing the problem. So what I'm going to do is this time... I'm going to go Godward. I'm going to quit trying to get people to see me, to hear me, to get attached to me, because this time I'm giving birth to praise. That's what I'm going to, I'm, because what? Because praise is my answer. Somebody shout it out loud. Shout, praise is my answer. You didn't know it. It's what these weeks have been about. Praise is the answer. Praise is the answer. It's what you're looking for. It's who you're looking for. <laughs> Once she gives birth to praise, you know what happens? The Bible makes this powerful statement. Most of us look over it. Genesis 29, the B clause of the verse says, Then she stopped bearing. <laughs> Then she stopped bearing. Now, now, don't get confused. Some translations actually have it wrong, and they're bad translations. Some of your translations in the New King James has it very correct from the original language. Some translations say, then she stopped having kids, or she stopped bearing children. Be cautious about translations. Most of what you read is a paraphrase. It's not a word-for-word translation. And you'll miss revelation like this. Then she stopped bearing. It's not that she stopped bearing kids because she had three more kids after this. But she stopped bearing the heavy load of rejection. She stopped bearing the heavy load of pain and hurt and disappointment. This isn't saying that she stopped having children. She has three more children, two boys and a girl. You see what this is saying is that she stopped carrying the heavy loads. She stopped carrying the load of rejection, the hurt, and the pain. Listen to me. It's your praise to your God that will fix it. It's your praise to your God that will cause you to stop bearing all the stuff. You should not be bearing 
So many of us are bearing rejection and pain and hurt and brokenness. But I've come to tell you today, this time, you need to praise the Lord. This time, you need to begin to praise. There is a God that's looking to see you. There is a God that's looking to hear you. There's a God that's ready to attach himself and involve himself in your situation. And if you'll praise him, your days of carrying a heavy load will be over forever. Where's my three people? Come on, where's my three people? I feel like I need to say that again because some of you, you're, you've, you this is a life-changing message and you're going to go right back to the same dysfunction you're in and waste another 20 years of your life. Some of you need to make drastic decisions today. I'm done birthing things that don't matter. I'm done seeking the approval of men. I'm done trying to live my life on Instagram for the likes. Oh, come on, somebody. We are... Our culture is messed up in a big way. I love the internet, I love social media, but the comparison that it brings to so many people, trying to get a like, trying to get an approval, trying to post something where, where somebody will, will pay attention so you can feel good about your life. How long are you gonna birth that, that stuff that'll never get you're longing for they're not going to see you they're not going to hear you they're not looking to get attached to you they have the same problem as you they're human they need God take your praise take your praise Godward God sees you God hears you God is looking to be attached to you I think I'm about done. Almost. I don't know if you've got it. May not be polished enough for you. Maybe just another sermon for some of you. But my hope and my prayer today, I've come to tell somebody today that ugly situations require ugly praise. Did, did you notice in the story that the pretty, shapely sister didn't give birth to praise? <laughs> it was the ugly situation that gave birth to praise. Come on. I know you can praise him when everything is pretty, but how about when, oh, come on. How about when everything is ugly in your life? How about when things are not going right? Can you praise him then? Because if you can praise him in the ugly, I'm here to tell you, you're getting ready to give birth to a miracle in your life. Exodus 15:11. I've used it almost every week. My favorite verse concerning praise. Notice what the Bible teaches us, Exodus 13, 15, one of those. Guys, I'm waiting for you to put it up. I'll read it. Exodus 15, 11. Thank you, thank you. Who is like you, Lord? 
Who is like you, O Lord, majestic in holiness, awesome in praises? Notice when God becomes awesome, he becomes awesome in your praises. And when God becomes awesome in your praises, guess what begins to happen? Miracles begin to work in your life. Leah knew. Leah knew in her ugly situation, the only thing that could fix it is an awesome God. The only thing. And when she gave him her praise, she stopped bearing the load of rejection and disappointment, of pain. It's easy to praise him when everything's pretty. I'm looking for some ugly praise in here. Come on, has anybody got any disappointments? Has anybody got any hurt? Anybody got any pain? Has anybody ever been rejected? Come on, I haven't met very many pretty people. Everybody's got some stuff going on. Everybody's got some issues going on. We need to give God our ugly praise because it's in that praise that our deliverance comes. All right, all right, all right, all right. Um, can, 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 can you stand and I'll just kind of, I'll, I'll, I'll land the plane. Because you're getting ready to shout. You, you won't be able to sit down when you hear this. I, I want to read Psalms 30, 11 through 12. This is going to be your story. Psalms 30, 11 through 12. You changed my sorrow into dancing. You took away my clothes of sadness and clothed me with happiness. Does anybody need that? Come on, don't leave. We're getting ready to give the Lord the biggest praise in this church. You changed my sorrow into dancing. You took away my clothes of sadness and clothed me in happiness. I will sing to you and not be silent. Lord, my God, notice I will praise you forever. Question, who wrote that? Who wrote that? The great, 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 great grandchild of Leah. You didn't hear me. This is Judah's genealogy. David came through this. When, when, when a ugly situation said, I'm not going to try to fix it out there anymore. I'm going Godward. I'm going to give God his, his praise. Her great, 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 great grandchild, David said, you changed my son. No wonder David. It's in the family. No wonder why David could write the hymnal in the Bible. No wonder why David was known as the psalmist. Where, where did he learn it from? Ugly Leah. Come on. Come on, some of you need to learn this. You're trying to be too pretty. You need to take your ugly situation and just go Godward. And I close with this, I close with this thought now. Not only that, but did you know that once Leah gave birth to Judah, 39 generations later, Jesus shows up on earth. Come on. 
He's part of the genealogy of Judah, whose praise, who Leah gave birth to in an ugly situation. Can you believe it? An ugly situation praises God and gives birth to deliverance and salvation. Come on, somebody. That's the reason why, that's the reason why the scriptures refer to Jesus in Revelations 5.5. Hear it. Behold the lion of the tribe of, say his name is Jesus. Say his name is Jesus. Somebody say this with me today. This time, I'm going to praise the Lord. We talked about the Hebrew language. There's seven words that's translated praise into our Bibles. This, this is the first time praise is used in the Bible, but it's from the Hebrew word yada. Yada. And yada means to, it means to throw up your hands in gratitude. That's actually what Judah means. To throw up your hands in gratitude with loud voices, give thanks, expressing your love to God. Yada. Everybody say yada. Tom, I think we'll sing that one, the one you did. I was listening to the Devo. And Tom started singing this song that we used to sing years ago. <laughs> he gives strength to me. Yes, I can. Tom's gone through a lot the last few days. And man, it touched my heart because I was studying this. And, and I don't know if you realize how important it is as we close today for the application to just yada. The first time this word is used in the Bible, it is to throw up your hands in gratitude and with a quiet voice, with a loud voice, with a loud voice. So we're going to do that song, and then I'm going to make transition, then we're going to go through that song while we do dismiss everybody. We're just working all the logistics out. Has this helped anybody today? My, I didn't know how, in fact, I didn't even know I was going to preach this, honestly. Um, I didn't know how to end this service except with us just doing what the Bible says to do. If it worked for Leah, it's got to work for you. To, is, is, it, is it that important to throw my hands up? <laughs> Praise is the answer. So, so what are you going to do? Keep your hands down and try to go get another job? Make more money? Buy another car? Get a new wife? <laughs> can't even handle the one you got. You really think you're going to find the answer in all of that? that? That's what this message is all about. Why are we chasing all the wrong things? He is the answer. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy for us to... 
Why? Because when we lift our hands, you know what we're saying? We're saying, I surrender to you, Lord. I surrender my life to you. Does anybody need to surrender their life to Jesus? Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus.